1: Welcome back to the school of last podcast. This is Rick Roberts. Thank you guys so much for listening. Across the table I've got my trusty producer and sidekick <laughs> Gavin. How's it going, sir? It's going good. Cool. Thanks you guys for tuning in today. Our topic is going to be the ideal comedy club setup which you could also use this information if you are going to put on your own show somewhere and take some tips and ideas. We've had a lot of questions on this, and I'll just kind of throw out my 23 years' worth of experience on what I've seen work and what didn't work, <laughs> and we'll jump into that in just a second. As you know, we love the iTunes reviews and the reviews on Stitcher, so please keep those coming. Uh, we're doing pretty good on those, but uh, after I read this one, we're going to need some new ones for the next <laughs> podcast, so keep them coming in. This one came in on January 17th from Open Mic Mike. He said, I just started listening to the podcast about three weeks ago, but I have already noticed a difference in my joke writing. For me, it has simplified the process and helped me understand what I need to do to improve. Already. They also bring on very interesting and entertaining guests. Nice job, Rick and Gavin.
0: That's how good we are. Hey. We help somebody that that quickly. <laughs> well, you know,
1: uh, that's the goal is to get some tips out Gosh. there. But three weeks in, and you're writing better jokes. That's a good. That's a that's, great sign, right there. That's pretty good.
0: That's pretty good.
1: Excellent. So uh, before we get too knee deep in the topic today, Gavin, I want to just kind of catch up. It's been a little while since <laughs> we get so many listeners to say, "What's Gavin up to? How's his comedy? How's yeah. this? And a lot of people are asking about your furniture <sighs> stuff. Like, how's that going? Because I know you kind of want to just maybe yeah. do that and comedy. Quit. So.
0: After the other at the last episode where we were I was so frustrated with my work situation and snaking drains and doing people's uh handyman stuff. Mm-hmm. You told me don't say stop saying you're a handyman if you wanna do if you wanna do something else, stop saying that you're one thing when you don't want to do that thing anymore.
1: Right. And that was on the finding your ultimate audience and it kind of crossed over with your own job and it, your own stuff.
0: It did. Like all of a sudden I realized like I was in the same I was, I was creating my own problem. I, I couldn't find my ultimate audience for my business. Mm -hmm. And so (laughs) I had a sort of a horrible work situation happen, which sent me careening into anger and frustration. (laughs) Um, and I'd kind of decided, you know what, I'm, I'm gonna, I'm gonna stop calling myself the handyman. I, I'm making that decision. When people ask me what I do, I'm going to, say what i actually want to do right and so um strangely enough right after the the horrible horrible work situation happened um which we can get into that but that's going to turn us into like a counseling session (laughs) well just so
1: if anybody's listening for the first time gavin has a a a job where he's an assistant to somebody and that's the job he's trying to get out of Uh, yes he produces handcrafted stuff yeah he produces
0: handcrafted like beautiful furniture and like custom pieces and uh, you know high end stuff, and, and that's what you do on your own, yeah, that's what that's I do on my own and 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 I would like to do more of that, and I would and I'm trying to get into comedy and so
1: relax to, i know
0: and so so, but as it was funny because when I mentally made the decision, like you said, to prepare myself to to find that ultimate audience and to become the thing that I wanted to be and not not do this other stuff that I really don't want to do that's making it worse Right. I, uh, I went to go get my car washed and I'm literally staring at the asphalt in frustration why God why <laughs> you know and this guy goes uh, oh it's a nice Jeep you got there I said oh thank you and he's like oh is it new and you know he was asking me about my car and I'm like whatever man you know kind of that was I'm trying to put on a nice face for him and he said you know what do you do and at that moment, I almost said, I'm a handyman. Uh-huh. Um, but, I, but your words, Rick, were echoing <laughs> I'm sorry. in my head and saying, don't say you're a handyman. That's not what you want to do. Don't say that. And so I said, he said, what do you do? I said, I build custom furniture. And it felt so good to say that. And then that it literally was like soul changing, you know, because I didn't hate it. Right. And then I thought I had this moment where I was like, you know, um, and he said, he said, really, I could use, I could use some of that. And I was like, okay, you know, whatever. And he said, (laughs) he said, have you ever built a cat tree? Right. (laughs) I thought, I don't know what a cat tree is. And I said, I said, "Uh, I don't know if that's necessarily, is that, what is that? And he said, you know, it's the thing that's like in people's living rooms. And he said, the problem is they're all covered in carpet. They're all terrible. They stink. Right. And he said, they they don't look attractive. And he said, I have a really nice house, which meant he was my audience because he had money. Right. And he had taste. Mm -hmm. And he said, uh, he said, and I just want something custom made so that it fits in with my house. And it looks really nice. And I'm sick of these, you know. These other things that are they're terrible looking, uh, and so he said, "What's your email?" And so I gave him my email contact info and got another customer, a high end customer doing a, what a, you like to do, doing what I want to do, challenging
1: because it's something you haven't created before, but yes. you're totally able to pull it off.
0: So yes, for a cat man, he's like a cat lady, but he's a man, cat dude. So,
1: <laughs> so that's awesome. So,
0: but it was my he was my ultimate audience, a right. person that has, and, and I had to change to get him. If oh, I yeah. had said handyman, he would have gone. That's uh, good for you, right? Uh, I'm sure you work a lot, right? Have a good day. But he became my ultimate audience because I changed. It was that it was funny. The person, you know, the person I wanted there was there because I changed.
1: And that's cool. And if you're if you if you are just listening for the first time, you're like, what does, does it have to it, do with it, comedy? It was. <laughs> it's it's finding you have to identify yourself as a specific kind of performer so the audience that is looking for you can identify you quicker. Yes. So, you know, Gavin could have gone on and on, like, I, I'm trying to do comedy, I do, I can snake a drain, I can you do plumbing, electrical work, right. I do this. But he said, no, I, I bailed handcrafted yep. furniture. Yep. And he, he picked this, spec- and that guy made, you know, nine out of ten times the guy's not looking for it, but because you said the exact thing, he connected immediately, yep. exchanged identification, email, and all this stuff. So it's, you know, whatever your ultimate audience is down the road, yes. start identifying yourself as a person they would hire, and you'll get there a little bit quicker. And you'll erase the 10 people. If you say handyman 10 times, those are 10 uh. handyman jobs that are taking you away from doing what you want to do.
0: Exactly. So, and that, that was the thing with the comedy audience, which is, you know, I'm also trying to find my co- who my comedy mm-hmm. audience is. And when somebody asks you, what kind of comedy do you do? Know what you do and set yourself up for that audience, right? You know, and that was where it really tr- it hit, hit, hit it hit home in multiple <laughs> aspects. Yeah, so. it's it's
1: interesting, and I, I'll give you a, a kind of a, one way I started doing that. You know, a lot of people know me from doing like a Barney Fife impression. Yeah, and so a while back, I kind of spun that off to where I've got the uniform. I will go to fairs and sure. festivals and vending shows and trade shows and stuff like that, and it's okay. But it's really not what I want to do 100% of the time. Yeah. So I've spent a lot less time. I don't even mention that in a lot of my pitches anymore. Okay. That I do that so that they're not asking for that so I can focus on doing my comedy. Because it was taking away. It was taking, you know, like, and I enjoy doing it. It's just a different thing. Like a Barney Fife thing at a fair is a six hour gig in July or August or something (laughs) like that, you know, or at a festival in the fall, which is okay. Yeah. But after you circle the grounds once or twice, you've kind of seen everything. Yeah. Whereas a comedy show is one hour. And I'm done, and I get back to my family. So it's not that I will never do those, but I'm not making a big deal out of making that the focus anymore. Right,
0: because that's not your ultimate audience. Right, That's not the one that you want.
1: Right, and that's not the one that's going to ultimately, you know, Probably the older I get, the more I'll look like (laughs) Mr. Furley and less like Don Knotts as uh, Barney Fife. But well, so that's it's great that you did that. Yeah,
0: that's I mean, so that that was a huge moment. And and it shows you that, you know, sometimes these podcasts like they affect us just as much as they affect the listeners, you know. And I mean, in massive ways, because like I left there and I was like, you know what? I just talked for, you know, 40 minutes about something. I need to go do it. Right. Like I need to go do that thing. And so it was really good for me and I'm super glad I did. Uh but you're also making some changes. <laughs> this year's been you got a lot. some I know you had uh you had said you had some massive goals that Yeah,
1: yep. We hit that right at the end of December there and yeah. early January and um, How are those going? Actually better than I thought. You know, one because one <laughs> there were a lot of different goals. There
0: was some crazy amounts of goals. Yeah, but
1: I had a lot of uh energy and focus this january and so here we are in february so how am i doing on my new hour show i've got seven minutes oh wow of material nice and that's about a minute a week yeah and it's coming along fine and i don't feel i thought man i'm gonna run through all my premises in my book really quick and run out of ideas i've still got a lot of stuff i haven't even tried yet so So,
0: but you're saying that seven minutes uh you've then gone I've, and tried that places. I've tried it at different places. I've, I've worked it out.
1: I'll okay. continue to tweak it, but it's it's, it's stage worthy. But h- so
0: people know that out out in uh, podcast land, that is not you sitting down, coming up with what you think is a good seven minutes. That's you writing it and taking it out there. Right, right. Multiple, much more than seven minutes. And then here is seven Wh- good Whittling minutes. it down, yeah. It was yeah. probably
1: 12 when I first started. Okay. And then I found a better way to say things. I found right. out what was funny, what wasn't. And you know some of the stuff that I teach in my own class, I just go through the same <laughs> techniques. I'm like, okay, yeah. this 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 could use a little punch right here. Right. And I started working some of those techniques in. So cool. So it's coming along. Uh, another goal I had was to get the YouTube channel up and running for School of Laughs. Yeah. That's up and running. Uh, I've recorded 19 videos, and I think oh. I've posted and edited six so far. But uh, by the end of this week i'll have at least 30 recorded Jeez. and my goal was 52 so if i can knock that out before <laughs> so much work middle of march you know and have them ready to go i'm gonna be excited so yeah. that's something that's uh coming along good and then recording a new comedy song cd <laughs> i wanted that to be done before july and i've got six songs uh written i got all the music ready for them and i'm taking it yeah. to a guy on saturday to, to help me track them yeah and then I'll sing on those and then I'll get another six ready, hopefully in the next six weeks or so and have 12 songs ready to produce in another month or two. So it's coming along, it's a lot of work. There's not a lot of free time to to goof Hour long
0: set, full music CD, YouTube channel, Mount Kilimanjaro in there anywhere? Or? I don't know, but I should start working out again. Though <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I do need to start
1: hitting the treadmill because, uh, oh lord, it's it's anyway. So, um, so all that's out of the way, I just kind of want to catch you guys up on the the yeah. impact of a few previous episodes. Yeah. So if you're uh, if you're ready for this episode, let's get yeah. right into it. We're going to talk about Absolutely. the ideal setup for a comedy show. Uh, we're going to go under the guise of say you're going to build a brand new comedy club. Okay. Okay, so that's one where we're going to think about it. If you're going to put on a comedy show for the first time or, or put one together for an open mic, these are all things you can consider. It'll be impossible for you to do all of them sure. just because of the structure sometime, but I'll kind of go through what really makes the ideal comedy club. Yeah. All right, so we'll start off. We'll go from the bottom to the top. <laughs> okay. I like tile floors. Okay. No carpeting. You need tile floors. Why tile? Is that
0: just personal, like...
1: Well, yeah. here, here's a couple reasons. Okay, first reason, sound bounces, laughter bounces. Okay. So if you had a room that had concrete walls, all right, tile floors, and a low ceiling. Gotcha. Those laughs are gonna bounce, bounce, bounce. Oh, okay. A small room will sound big. Say you only had gotcha, 20 people gotcha, there. Gotcha, gotcha. They could sound like 50 people because the sound's bouncing. Yeah. Laughter's contagious. When you have the carpet, boom, it gets soaked in. You know, if you're recording something, it, it might yeah, sonically yeah, be a kinda, good thing.
0: Yeah, you go the opposite direction when you're trying to record something. You deaden the room. You and want you angles make and yeah. weird
1: stuff to break up the frequencies and whatnot. Yeah. But for a, con- a live comedy show, for the performer on stage and for the crowd, the more that laughter bounces around, the better.
0: The longer it goes, the better it feels.
1: Yeah, and, okay. and what happens in a lot of these new clubs, and uh, there's a couple different chains that are expanding at a, at a pretty good pace... So comedy is healthy out there, but they're going into these lifestyle center malls where it's a third okay. retail, a third housing, and a third restaurant. Gotcha. Yeah, you yeah. You know yeah, what I'm yeah. talking about. And so every every major city has at least one of those yeah. now. And so a lot of the clubs are buying space in there. So they're in a mall. They've got the really high ceilings. Okay. Uh, usually exposed ceilings. Yeah. But they're higher than they need to be. They're putting oh, in they're car- 20 feet. I yeah. mean, 20,
0: 30. It's <laughs> crazy. Yeah. yeah, and they're carpeting
1: the floor and they're separating. Tier like different tiers. So there's a lower level tier, then an up step, and there's another, and there's a bar across that yeah. separates the first tier from the second, sure. the second from the third. It's beautiful. It's beautiful. The sight lines are pretty good. Yeah. But for sound, this the sound dies quickly. Okay. And as we all know on stage, you, if you hear the crowd, you get in. Oh my you, gosh! You get into yeah. it. And sometimes you will record a show and hear that it was actually a pretty good show, but on stage you didn't feel like didn't it. didn't feel it. Okay. And and hmm. for all those shows. You know, all those clubs that have a setup like that, you also need to have a good monitor on stage
0: Yes, that's true.
1: Because when they can't hear the crowd laughing, I'll see comics get louder, or they'll, <laughs> they'll chastise the crowd, you know, come on, it's funny, and like, we were laughing. We were
0: laughing, yeah, you didn't hear it, yeah. Yeah,
1: so if you feel like your voice is just disappearing out there, and I've, I've seen that in outdoor venues, I'll always request a monitor for no, that. Out because outdoor
0: venues are the worst. Yeah, that,
1: we could do a whole show on the that's worst.
0: The, yeah. <laughs> but
1: inside, people forget how important a monitor is, and it... The comic may have a preference where they want it on or off, yeah. But it should be there, and it should get a nice mix of what they mm-hmm. sound like, so they don't have to yell and scream. Yeah, you know, three shows on a Saturday, that wears your throat Ugh. out. Yeah. So if you can, if you can take comfort in knowing you're sounding good, right, you can back off. And I always liked it on stage because you can hit the punches harder, and you actually hear it. Okay. And it just sonically, it feels great to have that monitor. You mean?
0: the word, the specific words, like if you're, yeah. if you're hitting P's and, and K's and stuff like that, you can feel it more. You mean? Is I can.
1: And just like with this podcast, I can hear if I'm leaving a little space between the words Yeah. <laughs> so that if I did a few jokes and the crowd didn't get it, I, on a monitor, I would know maybe I, I did kind of run those words together. Okay. okay. And that, that'll happen in every show. I have a few sentences where it just gets okay. a little cluttered.
0: Yeah. That's, that's a good, that's a really good point about having to being able to hear yourself It. it uh, when I'm playing drums, if I cannot hear what I'm doing, then I have no clue I start playing too aggressively. Mm-hmm. I start playing hard, much much harder, more notes it not helping my situation. The audience is like, "What is he doing right you
1: know? yeah. So, so yeah it helps keep you plugged into it so yeah. so we got the tile floors, the low ceilings yeah. we got the nice monitor for the comic on stage. when it comes to lighting, okay, if you're putting in a new club or you're renting some equipment or you're buying some equipment to put on some shows. The LED lighting now that you can get, and that it's portable. Yeah. Uh, certainly, if you had a room permanently, you could you could set them up somewhere. But they have no heat that comes off. Oh, of
0: that is unbelievable! The amount of heat that regular stage lights put off.
1: It's incredible, and, and a lot of these clubs would put them about a foot (laughs) off the edge of the stage shooting right down at the performer. (laughs) Yeah, And you'd be... We've all worked those clubs where you're melting up there.
0: It's like you went under, like, the hot... the heat lamps at, like, a buffet or something. And somebody's like, here, do 10 minutes. And you're like, I'll be dead by then. Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of
1: comics do jokes about it. You know, I'm up there, French fry lights.
0: Those lights are supposed to be 30 to 40 feet away from you. And they're, you know, four feet away from you. And it's like... I mean your clothes will be melted to you. It's exactly right.
1: And it's something that when people put down, a, they don't know. They just say the lights need to be close yeah. to the stage. Yeah. But those lights could be much further back. <laughs> and when they're right on you, sometimes you can't see past the second row, but if yeah. they're further back, you can see deeper. Yeah. So if you're setting up a club for the first time or a showroom, think about putting the lights further back and using the LED lights now. Uh, those you could put right up on top of you. Yeah. So if you've got an old frame where you want to mount them, you can do that and take the par 38s out.
0: Well, and... Uh, and and if, even if you're like sort of doing a, a retrofit on a room, like let's say you got a a coffee shop that's letting you do a, a Tuesday night open mic or something, put those thing put those lights on a pole mm-hmm. and stick them up in the corners, you know, shooting at the at whatever area you've designated as a stage, because it will designate that area as a stage. Yeah, get some not, focus. Yeah, yeah. So that because <laughs> a lot of people like when they're starting an open mic or whatever, they don't have they're not in a club. Setting, they're trying to make something that's not a club into a club, right, you right.
1: Know. And 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 the last thing I say about these uh, LED lights, you can. I've got some here in the office that I use to shoot YouTube videos and yeah. stuff. Uh, get the ones that have a battery compartment, so you okay. can take a mobile with you sometimes. Oh yeah, uh, you I don't take, need to plug them in. Right, don't have to worry about where the outlet huh. is, and the batteries hold up pretty good. You can do about six hours on these. Oh things. wow, that's, yeah. yeah, plenty. Yeah, you get some good deer cells in <laughs> there. So, and if you're doing a six hour show, something's wrong. But yeah, but you can set them
0: up. But with LEDs, you can do that. That's yeah, you can thing. have it yeah. running for
1: thirty minutes before yeah. the show to get that focus on the stage. Yeah. All right. When you're looking at the stage, mm-hmm. I, there's nothing I hate worse than a really busy backdrop. Okay. Uh, the performer should be the focus. There shouldn't be a bunch of cr- you know loud colors behind him. The brick wall kind of caught on because it was plain. Right. I mean, originally it caught on because people went to i believe it was the hungry eye and and saw a show and that was just in the back uh, that was what they had
0: was yeah the wall was made of brick
1: (laughs) yeah so when they try to duplicate it they use that but it worked it because it's
0: it is busy but it's all the same yeah it's it's, all the same texture sort of look
1: right and so i'd I'd take a brick wall i'd take the a black curtain all that stuff over any kind of backdrop with a city view on it or that kind of stuff
0: yeah you see the city view there's a couple of them uh Um, I even saw one that was sort of set up like a living room Mm -hmm. with like a sofa and a chair and a window that looked like it was looking out into the city and a bookcase. And it was like, I think the idea was... That you're supposed to be comfortable in the environment but it was just way too busy it looked and it looked weird
1: well the thing too the, the stages are typically aren't that deep when you do a backdrop like that on a theater stage yeah and then once the show starts you can fade the background out <laughs> right. so it's back there but it's not the focus that's yeah. different but on a comedy yeah. club it's gonna be lit up like oh man you know like Vegas sense. so so I like it nice and simple and plain yeah um, there, there's all kinds of different takes on that but why get crazy with it and if, if you're gonna spend the money on a mural Get somebody good. Yeah, not just Joe from the club who took an art class in high school. You know, because you, 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 I've seen those. I can draw real pretty. Yeah, or caricatures <laughs> of other comics behind you from yes. the seventies and eighties. When you can even
0: see, like, no, he's not as good as Robin Williams. But anyway, we'll give you know, and then you're like, back to you, yeah.
1: Yeah, yeah. I mean, there's times <laughs> where you can't exactly tell who the mural is of. Uh, right. You know, is that Rodney Dangerfield or? But but or you Rodney shouldn't be Carrington. thinking about that. <laughs>
0: yeah. <laughs> But you shouldn't be thinking about that while you're trying to watch another comic. You should just be watching that comic.
1: Right. And so keep it simple on the backdrop. But do have a a backdrop if you're putting on a show somewhere so that it can focus the crowd in one area. Yeah. So if it's just a black curtain that you can rent or whatever, eventually maybe buy one of your own if you're doing a bunch of shows. Yeah. But Keep it simple and keep that focus going on there. Um, Microphone-wise... Everybody's so excited about wireless microphones and clubs oh. that are new. We got two wireless mics in the system. You're only setting yourself up for headaches. Yes. You, I say a hundred times, get get four mic jacks. You know, on the back of the wall. Okay. Okay. So if you had a guitar comic and he you know needed to plug in, boom, you're done. If you yep. have a duo, boom. If you have an improv group, you can put four mics out. Yep. Whatever. So go ahead and spend the money up front. Get you a snake or whatever you need to do to run it there. Put your four mic inputs in. And have at least two wired mics yes. on stands ready for every show. Yep. Because if one mic goes down on the cord, and it's going to happen. The cord, hat, the brakes, the
0: whatever. Yeah, You've yeah. got
1: the other one right there behind the curtain or right yep. off stage. You pick it up. You don't miss a beat. Yeah. Wireless is nothing but a headache. If you're close,
0: so aggravating.
1: Well, you're dealing with batteries. So if you don't start the show with, with brand new batteries, at some point there's going to be a dropout. Yep. You've got those weird spots in the room where you get the feedback and yep. the sound drops out. You get... I remember being on stage in uh, Collinsville, Illinois just across from St. Louis. Right. And the, I believe it's that club in Fairview Heights, but using a wireless and and semi trucks going by, their CB signal will get picked up. So you'd be right in the middle of your bit here and Mama Von Tater tots. So You're like yeah. what? who's who got on the mic. All right. But that's yeah. happened at times. So Yeah.
0: No, it's it's very it's very true I uh when I'm playing music and stuff like that, we have a lot of bands and stuff that uh you know, they all use the wireless mics, and then you hear radio stations uh, coming through mm-hmm. in your stuff as well.
1: That That's another. Yeah, it's a pain. So keep it simple. Uh, it'll be more affordable in the long run and even up front yeah. to not go wireless. Um, Especially if know-how
0: is the – if you don't know
1: – it. Yeah, you'll need a if, sound engineer in the room if you're going to use wireless.
0: Yeah. if you just If you're just starting out, you can completely plug in – a regular wired microphone all by yourself and be totally fine.
1: Yeah. And there'll be guys that come through. I remember working with Christopher Titus a couple of times and he'll do a lavalier on himself. Yeah. Because uh, he's preparing for a theater show. Right. And he wants it just to get that out of the way. Sure. Bit. And so give him a place to plug in and don't have him have to deal with your wireless setup, yeah. you know. Uh, when it comes to the actual microphone, kind of the industry standard is the Shure SM58, Yep. Uh, which used to be a pretty expensive mic. It's a solid mic. It's worth the money. For a long time, they had the patent on it, to where nobody else can make that mic. Right. Yeah. That expired, and now you can actually buy some that are called like 85ms, and there's other knockoffs yeah. that sound okay if you're on a budget. But the 58s less than 150 bucks. I tell you, but I mean, and sometimes you get a pair of them for a buck fifty. Yeah, that's and what I was going to say.
0: They're totally worth it, and and uh between the the industry standards are basically the SM58 for speaking and the SM57. For everything else, guitars, right. drums, whatever. So if you got that SM58, you're golden. I yeah, mean, you can get it done. That's yeah. that's the classic microphone. Whenever you see a picture of a person doing stand up or whatever, that's it's the 58. Yeah, and that's that cracks me is. up
1: too. I see you see so many advertisements, stand up comedy night, and they've got like the old yeah. Elvis <laughs> Presley. You know, yes. that, that really big microphone yeah. that would not sound good for any no, comedy show. No, it would
0: definitely not. That would be the worst choice.
1: Yeah, so it cracks me up. So Hi, how are you doing? <laughs> yeah.
0: You know, it'd be like way up
1: there. I don't know. So the old Shure SM58. And that's, that's a great mic. That's it's eat, like a tank. It's, it's like a, a tank. It really
0: is. Yeah, it, you cannot blow it up.
1: Yeah, those those are solid. So what else on the stage? Is Keeping the stage simple, not only in the backdrop, but what you have on stage. I mean, I, I see so many clubs... You watch videos on rooftop or YouTube or these comics on stage, and there's, like, a fan and a table right, and a yeah. stool. And, you know, it's, like, got three extra drink glasses from the previous show. <laughs>
0: right. Keep
1: it simple. I mean, ideally, every time you hit on stage, you should be performing like you're performing for a, a videotaping. I mean, okay. if you take it that serious, yeah, 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 sure. you start to kind of make these things a habit. So, you know, that kind of goes on the club itself sometimes to kind of clear that stuff out. But if, if you're on stage and there's a bunch of junk, just ask, hey, can we put this in the green room for this week? We right, don't, yeah. You know it's it's minor things but I was So
0: you want what? If you go up there what do you want on there?
1: I like a stool to the right hand side of the mic. Okay. At least two-thirds of the way back. Okay. Okay. So it's not blocking a table that might be sitting on the side of the stage.
0: And not blocking you as you walk up to the microphone. Exactly. Okay. So, I, yeah, I've seen some of those where the stage is so small, they're, they're having, they, they place the stool, like, in the way of the person right. who's walking up the step, to, and they literally have to pick the stool up as they're walking over to pick up the microphone as well. It's right. like, yeah.
1: Totally unnecessary, and just, just get it out of the way. Yeah. A stool, but always have something <laughs> for somebody to put the bottle water yeah. down. So that's, that's simple stuff there, but worth mentioning. Um, when it comes to seating the crowd, this is my biggest pet peeve: is too many clubs or events allow people to pick wherever they want to sit. Okay. So where do people sit when you allow them to do that? Back. In the back. The back. Cause right. They're
0: afraid, especially at a comedy show.
1: Especially at a comedy show. But what happens is they they start at the back third, then the middle third gets full, and then eventually you get somebody sitting up front. Yeah. After the show started.
0: Oh yeah yeah so they yeah. They got yeah, there
1: yeah. late, and the only seats available are in the front of the room. Yeah. And so the MC has to deal with it. The crowd's distracted. I mean, you can't really – you shouldn't get on the people because they're at the club. But if they're yeah. 10 minutes late, it's really the club's fault the only seats left were in the front row. Right. So here's what you do. If you're putting on an event and you're not sure of the turnout, and say you've got 100 seats. Say you've got 10 rows, 10 seats across. Yeah. Let's just make it simple. Okay. The first – when people walk in, they'll begin coming in the back of the room, hopefully. And so you rope off the back 50 seats.
0: Oh, yeah, so yeah. So the only
1: thing that they can sit down is in the front is five rows. Okay. Once that's full, you pull the ropes back and seat the rest. That's smart. But you immediately sit the front because they get settled in, and you've got those seats that stuck That way you carried. don't
0: have to, like, wrangle people. You don't have to tell them, like, okay, we need everybody to scoot forward. Right. You know.
1: Yeah, and here's the other thing. If you're recording your set, that's the last thing you want is two rows of people ten minutes in your set coming in and blocking the video camera. Yeah. If yeah. you seat the front first and they sit in the back, they won't block you out. Yeah. So it's it's just a matter of a lot of things working in synchronicity there, but just don't give them the option. Yeah, you know if they come in, I don't want to sit in the front row. Hey, we don't seat anybody until the front row seated. So yeah. you know, it, and, it, and it's just not human nature. A big fight.
0: Yeah, no, I, they'll be fine with it. It's just human nature to go in and sit in the back, and especially in a show because like some people think that the comic is just gonna, you know, pick on them or something like that, and so they're like, oh, I don't want to sit in the front. Oh my gosh, you know.
1: Yeah. So and then some of that goes back on the comics. Yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. yeah. Have an act. Don't rely on the. <laughs> don't rely on picking on somebody. But definitely seat from the front back. It yeah. just makes so much sense. And a lot of clubs just don't do it. No, huh? And a lot. And the reason is, what? Wh- what do you think the reason would be, Gavin?
0: I don't know. People. What I well, mean, they don't have the staff.
1: That, okay, it's related to staff. Okay. Staff. Ha- they all the staff have different staff infections. No, <laughs> after the comics have been there for a while, <laughs> yeah. probably. Yeah, they've got they've got their own seating area, their own stations. I guess. Oh they, yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, okay. so, and they're spread out in five different pockets of the room. All right. So let's seat somebody have, yeah. in this corner, then that corner, then the front, then the back. You know, seat the front and give give the front section to your best weight staff. Make gotcha. that like make that like a you know this is always going to be seated. Right. You're going to have 100 percent capacity in your in your station. That's a good. And thing. you're the top earner or the top seller. You get it. Right. So that's just a personal pet peeve of mine, if I can put more peas on the pop filter. <laughs> uh, get that front section seated. Seated, yeah. You know, make it easier on your performers and knock that, knock that out early. Good. Now, if you're building the club from scratch and you can design the layout of the room, a couple things I'd, I would love to see is, first off, the placement of the stage. Okay. Let's say that it's a rectangular room. Yeah. I like, you know if possible, the stage to be in the middle of the longest wall. Not at the end of the rectangle where you have the most distance from the back row.
0: Okay. So it, on the long side? Yeah. yeah. Okay.
1: Yeah. So you, you w- when you're looking at the stage, there's people seated a little bit on each side of the stage, you know, and the stage is in the, sure, of the middle sure. of the rectangle. And then you've got people all the way to the back. Why is that? <laughs> because as a performer, prox- most
0: stages aren't set up that way. They're most, not. Most are set up really long. They're, like They're all know. set
1: up to sell tickets and sell drinks. So they're going to find what's not necessarily best for the performer. Okay. And I'm talking about the ideal performer stage. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So in a shotgun room, there's there's a couple of rooms that are good rooms, mm-hmm. uh, but the room is so long. By the time you hit your punchline, the first row and the second row and the first half of the room gets it, there's a delay. The back of the room yeah. gets it. And you're constantly just having to wait and see, you know, did they get it? And okay, there's no
0: feedback. And there's, yeah, there's just no feedback and no, and it's harder. It's it's just harder to visually look at someone. And communicate to that person when they're thirty yards away. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> well, and you know,
1: yeah, and some performers may not like that, but I like to be able to see everybody. And if I'm in yeah. the middle of the longest wall, and I've got people in a, a radius all around me, you know, I can I can interact with people. If okay. somebody yells something out, I can see who they are. You know, if, yeah. if I'm doing any kind of crowd work, I have more options than just two rows.
0: Yeah,
1: you know, so and if somebody says something, there's a better chance everybody's going to hear what they said. Right. It just it's nice. Yeah. it's the way to do it. Um, So that's something I would like. The stage I wouldn't want to have higher than two steps up. Okay. Maybe just a step up. I mean, I'm talking 12 to 16 inches off the ground. Okay. Anytime I've performed anywhere that's got a stage that's three feet up (laughs) and your feet are at the eye level. Yeah. You know, the the club here in Nashville is a little high. It it is a
0: little high. You sometimes feel like you're looking down on the top of people's heads. And they're sort of looking up.
1: Well, they're they, they're craning their neck to stare yeah. up, which isn't yeah. a great no. situation. And it's not till about four rows back where people are just kind of visually on the right, yeah. you know, angle with you. So there's no reason to have it that high. Yeah, if, if people can see your waist up, you're fine for comedy. Right. Okay. Unless you're doing some weird stuff on stage, <laughs> you should be all right. Yeah. And so I and I feel there's a disconnect the further the higher the stage is up. Yeah. So it's something that's totally in control when you build a club or set up a show. When you go to get your riser, just get the shortest one. That'll do the job, right? Uh, otherwise, it's, it comes off like you're preaching, you're disconnected, or it's a presentation, or it's a
0: mu- or music thing. And that that's the other thing is that like a lot of the places are sort of dual use clubs where there'll be music. That's how the, the club here in Nashville started was a music right. club. The stage is from having music there, right. and it's and those things you do want a little higher so that it's like they're kind of elevated and you can see everybody. And yeah, yeah.
1: So that's just a little. Little pet peeve there, <laughs> but it, it, all these little things make a big difference. They do, you yeah. Know, and sometimes it, when I do like a corporate event, if, if it's a banquet room and it's you know 150, 200 mm-hmm. people, and they and I don't even need the stage, I'll just stand on the floor. It's a much better show. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah, as long as the lighting still hits where I need okay. to be. Hmm. You know, I'll, I'll, it's more personal. They feel more different. Different. You know, it yeah. is different. And if I needed to get up on stage and do something, you know, to yeah. get their attention, you have variety there. But I love that lower cool. stage and not the big tall one. Uh, if you're building. The club from scratch <laughs> or you're putting on the show, have the the bar area, especially if there's blenders or ice, you know where oh, you're yeah. dumping that stuff in and out in a separate room. Now you, you know you might not be able to change that on the show you're putting on at some place sure. but if you're putting together the perfect night, where would
0: that bar be? Ideally on the stage for the comic. The <laughs> well, entire <laughs> For Ron White and a couple of guys yeah. that
1: might be convenient. You know, ideally you have a waiting area. Yeah. You know, that, that is a bar on its own. Okay. And a lot of the funny bones and improvs have that that, yep, that, that, that holding the, area. Exactly it. Yep. So you can sell a couple of drinks before the two drink minimum yeah. even occurs inside the room. And you've got a place for people to be and there's that excitement before the show yep. and you get all the noise out there, then there's a separate showroom that is just for the show. Yeah. So your wait staff makes a little longer jog back and forth to the bar, but You've got all the sound that's distracting in a different part of the yeah.
0: room. Yeah. Yeah. No, definitely. So you throw a blender or like a, throw a whole thing of ice, you know, yeah. down the thing. And yeah, no, that, that would be bad.
1: Yeah. And 10 bottles clinking as you put them in the bucket yeah. or whatever. It's just, it's, if you can do that, that's the best setup. And the other big thing, you know, if you're finding a place to do it, consider parking. Now, yeah. Back in the day before these new malls have come around, these lifestyle centers, the, the best comedy clubs were in mall parking lots because at eight o'clock the mall closed down and now you've got two thousand parking spots open open or if people get there early they could hit a restaurant before they hit the club if the club doesn't sell sure, yeah i mean that's that's a really ideal spot sometimes they were in strip malls where you know there was grocery stores and a couple of daytime businesses things yeah but all that stuff shut shut down at eight got lots of parking yeah all kinds of free parking and safe secure parking with lots of lights yeah that's going to depend on where you're at but if you're putting it together from scratch that's something to consider yeah and visi- and then lastly, visibility. Obviously, location, location, location. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you can put your event on in a place where you've got signage out front where you can promote it for weeks in advance. Yeah. Drive-by traffic, you're going to pick up some people there. <laughs> yeah. As opposed to a banquet hall at a VFW that's off a side road.
0: Right. Or or totally inside another building. Like, you know, that that's because some of the newer shopping malls and stuff, you kind of have to – some of them have, like, interior – you know things, and you have to walk inside the place first, so you can't really see what's in there until you're inside. Right, it's, it's not conducive to finding it. Right. right.
1: <laughs> and then I guess the last thing I'd say is you're uh, you do need a sound booth area for your sound guy. Yes. There should be a a, a nice little. I mean, it doesn't have to be much bigger than a closet, but no, the guy's got to have in access. In a small area. <laughs> yeah. Right. And he needs the mic for the pre-show announcements and and the post-show stuff. Yeah. And you know, music playing to set the mood, all those little things that go into it.
0: Yeah, but those are stuff that. I think you should have, it because maybe you show up and that engineer or whatever is just going to put on his playlist things he likes, and that may be not what your audience or crowd would like. So show up with your own iPod or whatever that you can go, here, play my comedy show uh, playlist. It's got artists that, whatever, these songs are going to work for my audience.
1: Absolutely. And ideally... Like, I've got an old Samsung Instinct phone. It's a nice right. little thin thing, but it had, like, a the you know MP3 player yeah. on it. And so instead of just ditching that or turning it in, I've got an hour of pre-show music. Perfect. That's that it, exactly... If I get... Yeah. To, you know, if it's a corporate event, I'm like, let's have some upbeat music. And they're like, 20 minutes is fine. So right. I just fast-forward it. But it builds... Boy, did that sound country it bails, bails. hi Bail. you man that's how do you spell bad. that B- Sibilance.
0: b-e-i-e-u-s <laughs> oh
1: man it bails. bails as it works its way to a crescendo <laughs> uh the energy gets higher and what i r- recommend if you don't have any other choices or you don't know what to do and you want to keep it simple get a brian setzer orchestra cd yes and end with rumble and brighten tonight or one of the bigger songs on that and just structure it that way in your player so it it advances and that's you want to end on a nice full sound and the Brian Setzer Orchestra is kind of like that Sinatra feel, big band feel. It feels classy.
0: Feels classy, but uh, energetic.
1: Yeah, and it's it's universal. Yes, I mean, yeah. younger people get into it, older people kind of feel. Atta- it's just a better build. Good
0: musicianship. You can't really knock it.
1: Right. You don't want Jay Z to come on or something, yeah, right? Yeah, before yeah. You, you, know, you want to have a consistent feel leading up, not the greatest yeah. hits of ten different artists from ten different yeah.
0: decades. Those are those are the. We just gave out the whitest suggestions ever. <laughs> That's true. Right. <laughs>
1: <laughs> but you know that's that but would hold up anywhere.
0: It, it no it would it would if you don't know who that that uh band is, it, go check them out. They're really good. Brian Setzer was yeah. from
1: the Stray Cats, so it's got that cool rockabilly yeah. feel, but the well, you don't Orchestra is more than that.
0: Like the crazy rap stuff which seems which might seem super aggressive and it sets up your audience it changes how they feel and it and so if they're feeling like aggressive and like like they're at the club and you come on to do a comedy show, like you're in a clash there for a little while until you get them back on your, on your, into what you're trying to do.
1: You know? uh, absolutely. And if that last song can be you know, instrumental, the Without last words, words yeah. Okay. Like here's, this is a weird thing, but like I do enough events after like a live auction or something like that uh-huh. to where I, I kind of have it in my pre-show checklist that if there is a live auction, I need to go on before that. Yeah. Because if they hear a guy yelling into the microphone, one time, you know, <laughs> For thirty minutes,
0: do I hear hundred? Can I get a hundred? How about a yeah. hundred?
1: <laughs> their ears are destroyed by the time I get up there. Yeah, and so comics are active listening, and auctioneers are selective. If you're into the whatever they're auctioning, you're tuning in and out. Yeah, lots of little things. But I want your music to kind of cleanse their their mind from their busy day at work. Have it Set feel them like up. something different. And yeah. I think the Brian Setzer Orchestra is perfect because you don't hear that on the radio a lot. Nope it's just as if you're in a different space when you hear that yeah it's got some really great horns and saxes all kinds of good stuff in yeah it and you build yeah so those are a lot of things to think about but i know you guys out there are putting on your own shows and you have the ability to choose some of these things yeah find out what works for you let us know if, if you have some suggestions we didn't have today but if i had my perfect club all these elements would be right there in it
0: that uh, yeah I so I love that so i, I don't know that.
1: anyway so i hope that helps out uh If you want a checklist of all the things I mentioned on the podcast, email us at schooloflast.com and say, I'd like that perfect show checklist, (laughs) and I'll get it to you. And when you send that email in, let me know where you're at and how long you've been performing just so I kind of know who's listening to the podcast out there. But you you can request that. And early in the podcast, we talked about some goals that we set for the beginning (sighs) of the year. If you still would like to get the goals checklist, uh, mention that as well. Say, also send me the 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 gold checklist the gold I, the gold I, tracker
0: i have that list it stays in my backpack from when you gave it to me and it's there and i look at it all the time oh, and <laughs> it, it it silently judges me um, as you do verbally when we're here, but it silently does your job when when you're not there. So I look at it and go, Oh no, I should have YouTube videos by now.
1: Well, I mean, I, I've been but, looking at mine every morning. Know. It's on it's on my computer keyboard, so I can't get to my computer without looking at it. Yeah,
0: it's tough but fair.
1: It's fair. <laughs> I mean, if your goal is to get a thousand YouTube subscribers, then you know yeah. that you need two, you know, twenty yeah. a week. Yep. So I kind of look and see what, you yeah. know, whatever it might be. So request those. We love to help you out with either of those things. Yeah. You guys, thanks again for listening and we'll talk to you next time. Thank you.
0: Thanks for listening to the School of Laughs podcast. If you'd like to hear more School of Laughs podcasts, you can find them on iTunes and Stitcher.com. And don't forget to subscribe and leave a review. For information on upcoming live and online classes, visit SchoolOfLaughs.com. Until next time, stay tuned, stay focused, and stay money.